Hey guys, welcome back. Just before we get started, I wanted to let you know that this particular episode does contain some adult language and content. So if you do have any listening ears, I wanted to encourage you to put some headphones on or find some space where you are alone and have some privacy. Otherwise, let's get started. Here we go. Hey there, fellow life breathers. Welcome to another special episode here on Aloha and Peace. I'm Dr. J. I am your host. I'm also a licensed psychologist and psychospiritualist, which means that I bring to the table the different things that I think will help you on your self-help, your self-growth, and healing journey. And today proves to be no different. Please help me welcome to the table a dear brother and friend of mine, Joe McVean, who has truly helped me to understand what it means to be vulnerable and authentic on a day-to-day basis. Now, I'm going to ask you guys to have a seat and buckle your seatbelt because today's journey looks a little bit different in that it gets really, really exciting. And there's so much magic and spark that happens when you see what it's like for an individual to truly reveal all parts of himself unapologetically. And I love that Joe has agreed to share his space and his presence with us on this podcast. And I'm absolutely thrilled that I get to share his presence with all of you today. So without further ado, please help me welcome Joe McVean. How are you today? I'm wonderful. Well, especially good after talking with you a little bit before the record button is just like coming home every time I talk to you. It's really just, it's, it's so what I needed. We'll get into why, you know, but it's just yeah. so needed. <laughs> yeah, ditto, 100%. So I would like to start our conversation by asking my favorite question is, if you could have any superpower in the world, what would it be? superpower man it's gonna sound so cheesy but every time i look at birds i'm jealous like for for example the other day um my girlfriend and i went like we hiked forever to get up to the top of this hill and you know we're tired and like our ankles are rolled and we get to the top and it's super windy and finally we have the viewpoint of of birds that they just have all day every day and you know being able to see from a perspective of a bird flying through the air like especially mm-hmm. at sunset you know we spend like hundreds of dollars to do sunset flights and stuff but, oh my God, that'd be amazing. If it wasn't flying, so I'm, I'm digging inside myself to find something that's a little less cheesy. Um, by the way, is it okay if I accidentally swear, like say like the S word? <laughs> yes. <or something? laughs> okay, cool. In case they have little kids, um, you know, you never know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think the ability to like always uh, be fully present in the moment, you know, would be just so fucking helpful. Oh, there we go. Uh, so fucking helpful, like when, uh, <laughs> um, like, cause like so many like the challenges in life that that mm-hmm. I find come um, come from interpersonal communications with human beings, and all of those interpersonal communications with human beings that get screwed up just get screwed up because like you know we're not being present, we're thinking about one thing, and we're not communicating everything, and we're not saying everything. You know, it's like if I was fully present with myself and everybody around me all time at all times, like I'd be living like Eckhart Tolle, like just like living in this <laughs> all day long. You know, but I, yeah, I just, I, I just let my like prefrontal cortex try to solve problems all day. It fucks my yeah. life up. <laughs> <laughs> That's so surprising you say that because one of the conversations uh, we had a couple of years ago, when you were a spiritual counselor, you were sharing with me your different practices that you actually engage in to be completely present, not just, you know, on the cognitive level, but on a spiritual, soulful, heartful level with your clients. And I totally, nice. like, when I, when I look at you, Joe, like, that's how I have you pegged as someone that's completely present, like, grounded, while at the same time, like, soaring to, you know, the heights that you're at. So that's, that's a, I got to watch that episode again, man. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> either I forgot or I was spiritually bypassing. <laughs> but I, I feel like I've, um, I don't know, like, since then, I've just had a relationship that's just shown so many of my shadows that I was, yeah. like, truth be told, like, that I just wasn't showing in my personal brand, that I would, like, wait until behind closed doors to deal with all my shit, you know, and then by deal with, I mean, like, hide from, and I think this is totally common nowadays, like, I actually, like, I'm cautious when people talk about the word spirituality nowadays, because um, it's so easy, especially after moving to San Diego, where I'm, I'm here in North County, San Diego, it's so easy for people to so quickly, like, see spirituality as an escape, Mm -hmm. you know, 
and think of spirituality as a place outside of themselves they go to like oh if i'm over here i'm conscious if i'm above all my emotions or if i'm like looking down at everything that i'm feeling and analyzing everything that i'm feeling then like i'm then i'm enlightened and it's yeah. just the most bullshit thing on the face of the <laughs> earth because like that all that is is hiding from it you know and then you're, you're actually less conscious of it and mm-hmm. um you know, if you're angry, you're angry. Like we're human beings that have these emotions. Like you're basically, you're wagging a finger in God's face or the universe's face saying like what you created is no good. Mm. If we're not just going to fully experience all of the things that are here, like I'm, I'm horny or I'm angry or I'm sad or I'm like the, fe- like what, all of these emotions are fine. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. <laughs> um, so do you think it's so, possible, yeah. Joe, to be able to show all of those sides of ourselves to, to the world? I think the more we are, the more people actually deeply resonate with it. Like the more times I um, stop trying to put a wall up, like in any video I make or any Mm -hmm. like podcast I'm on or any, like the more times I like continuously surrender, like I'm doing it right now, like continuously surrender until like, oh, I shouldn't say that, fuck it, I'll say it. I shouldn't say that, fuck it, I'll say it. You know, like the more times we do that, the more we show our like realness, like our truth, Mm -hmm. like our authenticity to people. Mm-hmm. um authenticity has also become a buzzword but like but i feel like that's actual <laughs> spirituality you know like yeah. just like fully being here like you knowing that i have the courage to instead of like sit here like yes i'm, I'm feeling that you're feeling <laughs> this is, like that doesn't serve anybody you know? just like, just so our listeners have this in context <laughs> when i joined the call you were with you were sitting there with your eyes closed <laughs> <and> you were, <laughs> with the birds in the background <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah, well, yeah, I'm full of shit a little bit sometimes, too. But, uh, We're all full of shit. <laughs> I know, right? Like, yeah, because I was, I was clearing my head, but, you know, I, I was clearing my head so that I could be authentic to you, so you wouldn't see that I didn't have an unclear head, you know, like, I don't know. So how do you do that? How do you choose vulnerability or authenticity over fear? Oh, man, that's, that's honestly, I think that is the only practice that we have on this world to do in this world to do it's Mm. a daily it's like a daily choice of love you know and and love also something very misunderstood not being like kind all the time or giving hugs or giving acts of services it's like like love is the opposite of control right so love is like the emptiness the openness the allowingness you know love Mm. equals allowance right and uh so anytime i'm like sitting here like controlling like oh i have to say that i can't say that or i'm controlling like how your listeners hear this or i'm controlling how you hear or see me or I'm controlling whoever sees whatever video I make on Facebook or YouTube or whatever. Um, you know, the more I try to control it, the less I'm actually in love. You know, so like the the choosing of authenticity over fear is the same as choosing love over fear. I find, and really like the the tool, like if there is a tool to to think about in your mind of like how to make that choice, it's really courage. For me, it's courage. Some people surrender and stuff, but for me, the word that feels the best is courage. Like having the courage to really go there and really like throw caution to the wind of people liking me throw mm-hmm. caution to the wind of people like still thinking that i'm like you know whatever the word is successful cool funny uh good enough to sit at their lunch table when i'm in seventh grade you know like because yeah. it's a big wounding for me back in the day um, <laughs> <laughs> um but you know like that i think that's really the only thing we're here to do is to like say fuck it i'm just going to be human you know because mm-hmm. when we were running around in tribes um, hundreds of thousands of years ago, you can better believe we didn't give a shit how many likes we got on some re- black rectangle, you mm. know? Yeah. Or yeah, silver rectangle, whatever color your phone is. And uh, yeah, so I think... The reason why it makes it so hard for us to throw caution to the wind and be that authentic self, to choose to not care or to let go of the control of how people see us is because that's how we're wired as human beings, right? Thousands and thousands of years ago when we're just Neanderthals or cavemen, the, the more you belong to a group or the bigger the group that you belong to, the better the chances you had of survival. So you're saying- Yeah, our yeah good point. Yeah, our human experience here is to just be fully present and choose love over fear or love over control right the whole point is it sounds like it's to undo the human conditioning not just in our genes but the way that societally we're we're wired to behave is that what you nailed it oh good point yeah i was i guess i was looking back i was just talking about in terms of like digital like launching a brand so I, i like i love helping people let their purpose go viral and like be uh visible to as many people as possible but like what you're bringing up is very important for me to constantly remember because one of my biggest areas of working on is like being as powerful as i am 
to the world like and videos where I'm so certain and I do like these like videos with one take and stuff like because I've just made hundreds and hundreds of videos and I'm good at it. Uh, one of my biggest like areas of, of practice is doing that in person, like live with people um, and having the courage to like show up to people that I don't really know that well as my full self because sometimes I'm very introverted when I do it. So mm -hmm. I fucking love that you bring that up because I think you're so right. And I think, uh, yeah, like it totally is. It's like an act of courage for us to like express. Cause if, I guess if you think what immediately comes to my mind is like, you know, tomato soup when you were in, in middle school and high school and like the lunch lady was serving tomato soup, if they had like a brand new, is this resonating at all? Like, I don't know. <laughs> like, did they, did tom okay. Pretend there's a new, new big pot of tomato soup, right? Um, <laughs> So <laughs> I know we're close in age, Joe. When I went to elementary school, the lunch lady like tossed boxed pizza, you know, like the, the square pizza. <laughs> and like they were separately packaged out of the micro fresh out of the microwave. Never yeah. to me. <laughs> okay, fine. Well, okay, maybe I went to the special place where they gave us tomato soup. So. But anyways, I take a big pot of tomato soup, and if you're the first person in line to get the tomato soup, there's like this icky, nasty film on top, you know, because mm -hmm. it's been sitting there forever and God knows what it is, but it's like this film and like I always, I was like, up top. yeah, yeah, it was like gross. And so I just let kids go in front of me to get the icky curdly <laughs> film shit. And then I would get like the real scoop of the high nice soup right after them. Um, but what I feel like over hundreds of thousands of years is like the same, like icky film stuff. Maybe think of it as a calcified layer or whatever, whatever works. <laughs> um, but that it's like the, the, the refusal to do something unique, organic, authentic, or different because mm -hmm. you're scared of how, how it will, show up to other people which i call the rejection trap it's like the f being stuck between our top two fears which is like uh purposeless life and social rejection it's like those yeah. are top two things so like yeah. we want to go do live our purpose but we also want people to love us and then we want people to we want to fit in but then when we do so it's like there's no purpose in it so we're kind of like a lot like a cat in the middle of the food chain like chasing after mice but hiding from dogs you know yeah. um, <laughs> um but yeah so that that, that, that situation is kind of where we are as, as a humanity as we stay stuck in this rejection trap, um, you know, like not wanting to quit your job because to, to live your purpose because you want the money so that you can keep having the suburban life that everybody, you know, like your family doesn't think you're crazy. Like I've fucking, everybody's done it, you know? And, um, but anyways, what that does, I think, is throughout history, it creates this like calcified layer of like, as a, as a human race, we're not actually consciously evolving. You know, maybe we're building better technology and we're making incremental growth because our businesses are growing for you know, all this time and, and whatever. But I feel like it's nothing really, really new. It's not like Shakespeare level magic. It's not like awesome, um, I don't know, like Gandhi level shifts of human consciousness, because so many of us are just like, you know, whether it's hundreds of thousands of years ago around the fire, hoping that our cousin doesn't hit us with a hammer or like, <laughs> or, or it's like, you know, in person where like we have a truth that we want to share about like how we think that person is, you know, like not being fair to themselves or their partner or whatever. And we don't talk about it or like, you know, I don't make a video or you don't make a video because you're scared of what people think or, um, or we don't quit the job. We fucking hate. Where do you suppose we are in terms, I guess, just consciousness? Yeah. And then where do you see or would like to see that jump, that shift that you're talking about? Yeah, absolutely. Fucking amazing question. I think where we are is we're taking God and spirituality off the pedestal more and more. Mm -hmm. And so like where we were is like, okay, God is only um, like this, this bearded dude in the sky and you better like follow the scripture to make sure you do what he says or you'll go to hell. You know, so it's like, there's no God in me at all. Like there's no magic in me at all. It's just like this, this set of rules I follow and somehow that's God enough, you know? And then slowly we're moving into this place where there's like more and more people that are like following inspiration and they're like, you know, I, I don't know how religious Galileo was, but like the, the idea to like step out and say something courageous that like is against the church is a big, big concept, you know, mm -hmm. for the, you know, to say like, no, I think the earth revolves around the sun, not the other way around. Um, you know, like is, is kind of in a way him expressing his truth and like doing so at the, the highest cost, like we're, me and you are scared of being judged. Like he got burnt at the fucking stake, you know, like let's yeah. look, look at this in, in uh, perspective. And so where we are definitely, I think it's accelerating, like the, the, the freedom that we have to um, express something real and magical that comes through us as the special snowflake that we're all designed to be. Um, because I, I do believe they're all like musical instrument that can only play us the song that comes through us. Um, but more and more of us are having the courage to follow that song, number one, because I guess the repercussions aren't so severe for like being different. Um, but also number two, because I think we're just understanding that like on a purposeful level, like on a soul level, like why, nothing else is worth living but our truth because otherwise you just build a life where you die and, 
and you regret it all. You know, we get, oh man, it happens all the time. Just today I was on my laptop working and, um, and my girlfriend Kelly walked out and she's like, you know what you're doing right now? And then as she laid down on that hot tub lid over there and she's just like soaking up the sun, she's like, you know what you're doing right now? And I'm like, what? She's like, you're staring at a screen to make money to survive. And I'm like, oh man, you're right. So I set my laptop down and went over and just laid there, you know, because it's like so easy to forget what the fucking purpose of life is, which is, mm -hmm. I don't know, to like fully experience it and help other people fully experience it, you yeah. know, but yeah. we, we just get caught in like this lukewarm spot. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what you're talking about is people stuck in that lukewarm, not juicy part of life, you know? I love that you said that. So if we are stuck in that lukewarm part of life, the there's a part of us that needs to acknowledge that there are extreme ends, right? We can experience ex uh, immense joy. We can also experience excruciating pain. But a lot yeah. of people, I, I feel, are so scared to show up to really live their meaningful lives because they're afraid of experiencing that excruciating pain. For me, I truly believe a that. A million like, percent. Yeah. Um, about experiencing both ends of the spectrum. What are your thoughts Absolutely. on that? Absolutely. Thank God you're saying that. Because so many people are like, oh, it's only love and light. You know, like you can feel good <laughs> all the time. And like, I fucking wish that was true. But in this human vessel and this human society, and I've done a lot of digging. I've literally gone around the world twice and explored all the, you know, major religions. And um, that's just not human reality. You know, like that's uh, my perspective. Maybe I'm like, you know, too fuddy-duddy or something. Mm -hmm. I don't know. But but my perspective is so that like, oh my God, the joy of life is in unity consciousness, right? But unity consciousness doesn't mean you sprint towards light and you run from dark. Because if you're sprinting from one thing to get to the other thing, you're in duality consciousness because there's two, right? But mm -hmm. if you're in unity consciousness, then you're putting a big hug around sadness and joy and yeah. you're okay with all of it. You know, yeah. it's just like a fucking movie that plays in your life. You know, like, oh, there's happy parts of this movie. There's sad parts of this movie. But if you're honest with yourself, you like happy music and sad music. You like happy, happy movies and sad movies. Yeah. Because it helps you feel. Mm -hmm. you know? Exactly. How can we feel joy if we don't know how to feel pain and suffering yeah. and reaction? Yeah, absolutely. So along those lines, true. yeah, along those lines, Joe, can you share with us what your biggest healing moment was or perhaps what your most painful moment in your life was most painful moment in my life wow wow i'm gonna take a minute to actually respond honestly painful moment in my life there was um it's different because I've, I've dealt with more painful things now like recently Mm -hmm. but because I have more of a capacity to handle it because I've been through more painful things, they don't like register as a big deal. It's almost like the painful things only register if they're the most painful thing, but then I'm always pushing that limit. So it's like, I've, I've had many of the most painful things because they get more painful because I get stronger. Yes, you know? exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I guess one, one thing that comes to mind, um, If I'm honest with myself, it has a lot to do with my relationship to my mom. Mm -hmm. um, when she, when I was 14, I, I think I mentioned, you told me I mentioned this in um, the last conversation. It's just a big part of my life though. When I was 14, um, my mom was a bit of an alcoholic and I came home to find that she had drank a lot. She was wearing high heels and she was trying to vacuum while she was wearing high heels and drunk at the top of the stairs. And, uh, and she fell, she fell down the stairs and she toppled and um, cracked her head at the bottom of the steps. And so I came home to find her bleeding in bed um, after she had crawled back up. But I, I like followed a trail of blood. Um, it was on the doorknob, just leading up the steps. It was on the doorknob to her room. And uh, I found her bleeding in bed to, you know, I was just holding a pillow over her, over her head wound. And um, was she conscious at that time? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, gosh, it's like, 12 years ago and it still is not easy to talk about but um but yeah so she's she's got blood gushing out of her head and i uh there's blood all over the like the, the the pillows and there's blood all over the sheets and um and i'm looking at her i'm shocked and i just like stopped and like dropped everything whatever was in my hands my backpack i think it was because i was a freshman in high school and I, I sprinted back to get my uh the home phone you know like i was downstairs i grabbed the home phone and i came upstairs and 
and I'm my fingers hovering over the nine on the home phone, ready to call nine one one. And I'm looking at her, and I'm like, "Mom, I'm gonna call nine one one. You want me to call? Because I'm fourteen, so I'm in that weird middle zone between like, you know, like follow her for instructions or be the man of the house because my parents are split up at this time. So it's like, what do I do? Um, and so she's like, "No, Joey, don't call. No, Joey, don't call." She didn't want me to want it to be a big deal. She was always kind of like that. Didn't like things to be made a big production about herself. And uh, so I. Yeah, I, I didn't call and I listened to her and just like sprinted down to my bicycle and rode off to my buddy's house and played football and never told anybody for years, um, except my dad. But like he wasn't able to really help her. And so two weeks later, she finally got medical treatment. And, um, you know, like immediately as soon as she got to the clinic or whatever, they called in a helicopter to life flight her to get like immediate brain surgery. And so I'm just sitting there watching that life flight helicopter take off and fly away and I'm just like completely silent and I just felt like I completely fucked everything up and that my inability to know whether or not to be the man or not the man of the house um you know might have killed my mom in that moment I didn't know if they were like taking her because she was like you know dead um mm -hmm. I, I didn't know if she was alive at all and I um was just like totally silent and like a, a lot of me a lot of my soul went silent for years in that moment um, and stayed silent for years because <sighs> uh, for hours going with that sentence, but she ended up getting medical treatment and she was, she like stayed, they saved her life, uh, but she had a bleed on her brain and uh, the swelling had, the bleed had bleed on her brain had swollen and dried and, um, you know, basically destroyed her brain to the, to the point where she only has, you know, the mental capacity of about a seven year old right now. And, uh, you know, according to the doctors, that's how she'll be for the rest of her life. I'm passionate about like, you know, building up the wherewithal to really take care of her in a major way and get her full-time nursing care and, you know, mm -hmm. try some alternative, like super hippie spiritual modalities to see if they can, you know, like heal her the way that med modern medicine doesn't really believe in. And, um, but yeah, so I guess the, the most painful moment of my life, um, I guess for, must, must be then, cause I didn't really have that much like um, spiritual muscle built yet, you know, like I was just kind of like a kid, but like, oh man, that made me grow up so fast, which I'm yeah. so grateful for. Cause honestly, like our society cushions us and makes us so soft. And that's where a lot of our pain comes from is because we don't have anything that front loads our pain. I think like a lot of the genius of like, um, these, um, like Spartan society or like ancient societies or like even just tribes uh, in general, like the genius of them is that they have initiation ceremonies of like, okay, you're, you're a child. Now we're going to take your mother away and you're a man, you know, yeah. or like a woman. I don't, I don't really know what it is for a woman, but like a rite, <laughs> rite of passage for a man yeah. is so important. And I feel like life actually gave me a rite of passage by, mm -hmm. um, making my mom hurt like that but it didn't end up end there because that was also like right around the 2008 financial collapse and so my mom and dad's business that they were running together she obviously disappeared from running the business equation and um the economy took a shit and so the, the business tanked and um my dad's out of a job my mom's out of a job and so like i me landscaping was the only revenue for the business for the, the the family for a little while there and like it wasn't enough so we're um, taking Navy SEAL showers because like the, the heat was turned off, you know, mm. in the middle of winter. And um, so, yeah, like I, I just, I, I say all of this because I just, people have like an unhealthy relationship to pain yeah. um, because they're scared of it because they think that pain's bad or they should feel bad for me for my story. But like, truth be told, like that fucking carved a canyon in my soul that I've filled with golden golden liquid since then yeah. you know like it just it makes it makes more space for us and that's the purpose of these negative emotions like you cry and you're sad so that you have more room to experience joy and more empathy when someone else is sad and it's just you when you see the whole thing flowing without getting stuck in it caught up in it it just i tip my hat to god because he really created some or she really created something <laughs> magnificent here you know mm -hmm. the more we think it's not making sense you know the more it's actually making sense yeah, yeah. so here was a 14 year old boy and life threw a rite of passage at him right yeah. and this rite of passage isn't something that you just you given you earn it and you earned it through those weeks months if not years right joe of having experienced Absolutely. all the guilt all the shame all the the frustrations the pain right the loss 
Yeah. Amen. And and what came through? What came out on the other end? I guess a lot of things. Um, if I were to, to sum it up in a bow, I guess, like the really just realizing how fragile life is. Like mm-hmm. We don't have any fucking time to procrastinate on what we consider our purpose or our calling or or even if you don't know, like, this is definitely my calling. Like, the thing that, like, makes you feel better to, to move towards doing, you know, makes your soul feel lighter or expansive mm-hmm. to move towards doing and creating in the world in order to benefit other people's lives. Like, we all have a thing like that. It's like a prerequisite of being human is, like, we have a favorite way to contribute to other human beings. You know, whether that's just loving the way, you know, being the greatest mother that you can be, which is totally mm-hmm. where my sister's at. Like, she's an amazing mom. Um, and doesn't really fully understand my desire to like let purpose go viral and be an entrepreneur and help other entrepreneurs and like change the world and um, you know build all these systems and stuff. Like she doesn't really care about all that. She's she's not really big on social media and but she loves being a mom because that's her favorite way to contribute to other people's lives. You know, and my favorite way to contribute to other people's lives is help them like clarify their purpose and amplify it. You know, yeah. like to to feel like they're more capable of doing it on whatever scale that they want to do it. Like. Mm-hmm. From, from making one Facebook live all the way to a viral video, you know, like, um, but yeah, the capacity to like really take it seriously to move into that. Um, despite all the fear of doing so, like if I didn't have that experience, I'd, I would let the fear of like being seen for something different than everybody else. I would let that take me over. If I didn't see my mother's life, like, you know, like ruined or taken away or at an early age, like at 50, no, she was, she was in her forties, you know, it's a 40 something. It's like, you've got the mental capacity of a seven year old and everything you ever dreamed of doing, you can't do anymore. I was like, man, I got to fire it under my ass. <laughs> you know, truth be told one layer deeper of a thing that I, I'm scared to say is um, that fire under my ass burns a little too hot sometimes for me. And it makes me overcompensate and it makes me try to overgrow and do things um, that are aimed at making money so that I could get her out of that place even faster. And since the last time we talked, that's what happened. I, I went on a leadership retreat and like misunderstood kind of like the download that I got. Um, Cause as soon as I got back, I like wasn't patient enough with, with spirit to like give me the instructions. I was like, okay, cool. How do we like scale this up into a seven figure business as soon as humanly possible. And so I like built this team of like viral video experts and Facebook ad experts and copywriters and designers and commercial uh, uh, film videographer and, um, like all of the different components of a digital marketing agency and then started running these huge client launches for, um, you know, clients to let their purpose go viral. And in the process forgot about my purpose being expressed at all, like let alone go viral. Like I just stopped making videos at all. I like, got my personal Facebook profile. Um, mm-hmm. but that's always been my medicine. That's why I made my first video not to like launch a business. It was just because I just needed to express. It's my favorite way of, of art. It's my favorite form of, of serving other people. It's just like, authentically expressing through videos and conversations like this and stuff. And uh, so, yeah, that's my biggest, my biggest challenge, I guess, is letting that fire under my ass of taking care of my mom burn too hot for me to just focus too much on making money and forget purpose. So it's kind of like this balancing act thing. Yeah. So what is it about that? What happened that makes you think that you would like to take care of your mom? (sighs) Or are you playing the role of a son who loves his mom? Yeah, um, probably a little bit of both. I don't really know. And what's hilarious, it was an ayahuasca journey, the leadership retreat I'm talking about. And mm-hmm. um, in the ayahuasca journey, like one of the things that I, you know, I did a vlog right afterwards. I really should listen to the vlog. It's like 50 minutes long and it went deep into all my transformation. I, I'm actually, after this, I'm going to listen to it. I hereby commit. And um but one of the breakthroughs that I had there, now that I think about it, now that I'm really reflecting on it, was um, that my mother's legacy, like how I honor my mother's legacy, isn't by going and being super, super successful and stressing myself out to like serve her, which looking back is what I did over the last year. Mm-hmm. Um, but, it, but to honor her legacy is to be the fullest expression of my heart in the world that I possibly can. That's literally my exact words in that video. And oh my God, thank you so much for reminding me of that. Because I, um, man, this podcast is for me, not your listeners. <laughs> shit. Um, <laughs> but yeah, wow, I overlooked that. God, this, this mm. matrix is so, it's like, <laughs> we like to think that we could permanently leave the matrix, but like the matrix is always there. It's like a shadow of us, you know, that yeah. we have to so consciously. Explain what that means for you. 
Oh yeah, like the desire to to make money and win win the game. Some people call it game mm-hmm. A. Um, uh, make money and win the game so that I can exit it. You know, like I, because it's scary again. Like it's the desire to leave leave the fear of fully expressing and authentically expressing and mm-hmm. um, being yourself and living your truth and not having a clear path to how it's going to make money set up set up and planned out. Mm-hmm. Um, but just doing what you would do if there was no money. And, and this coronavirus thing has been such a gift because um, it forced me to think about like, what would I be doing if, if this actually goes all the way worst case scenario? Like the, you know, the world economy as we know it is gone. Money's not a thing anymore. Internet shut off. Like running it, what I was doing at the time, like running a digital marketing agency, what does that mean for me? What would I do if money did actually didn't exist anymore? Kelly, we were climbing a mountain in Arizona and Kelly was actually asking me that question. Like, what would you do if money actually did not exist anymore? And I was so mad at myself for like 20 minutes because I, I, I just couldn't believe that I had lost touch with my answer to that question. Uh, but I was also so grateful for her asking because it gave me the space to really think. And I realized like, oh, if money didn't matter anymore, I'd gather together with all my favorite people in the world and, you know, or, or the favorite people that I could connect with. And we'd, we'd live in a community, like a tribe, like we, you know, evolved to do. And in that tribe, what would I want my role to be? I would want my role to be ensuring that everybody's looked after. So I would do some hunting, but like primarily I'd love to be the dude around the fire and around every meal telling stories and parables about the human experience to help guide people towards more of a sense of fulfillment, love, and joy so that they get along better with each other and everybody has a, you know, a more whole experience of life and more meaningful experience of life. And, you know, maybe in, in the spare time, I'd pick some vegetables and that's about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <You know? laughs> um, yeah, so like really getting in touch with that. It's, I'm, I'm making a course right now where I call that like connecting to your unshakable why. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, the matrix, to answer your question, like the matrix, it's, it's like, you know, it's the economic system. And the economic system is so compelling and convincing to shake us off of our unshakable why and make you think that like, no, you have to go do this and, and get this skill and do that thing and be this person and, and all that stuff. Instead of just doing what you'd do if there were no people. If you love to make music, then like make a lot of music. You know, I, I don't, I'm not saying like completely ignore all other responsibilities, but like if you're not making music, you will sabotage if music is your thing for me, you know, I could take or leave music, making music, but, um, but if music is your thing and you know, and know, and you know that you know that it's your thing, then as long as you're not making music, you will self-sabotage anything else you build. Yeah. I know that because I started to self-sabotage my digital marketing agency because I wasn't speaking my truth in videos. You know, if you're, if you're called to be a mother and you're running a business to just to make money and pay the bills, you will self-sabotage that business because you're called to be a mother. So it's like, you could do both, but if you don't do the thing that's your unshakable why, you're fucked. Yeah, I love that. And it really goes to show us that we don't have to do what we're passionate about to make money. Yeah, that, that wouldn't have been my answer years ago. I would be like, no, we could just do it. We could go and make it. <laughs> I've, just, I've just wisened up and seen that crash and burn so many times with people and myself that I'm like, okay, we got to be real about this and not forget our heart. So like, yeah. follow your heart, take your brain with you, you know? Yeah. So I want to reel us back in and you said when we were contemplating, you know, your role in your mom's life and how you feel connected to her and your, your, your sense of responsibility to want to take care of her and how for you, you had this moment two years ago, one year ago, a year ago, where you said, no, in order for me to actually help carry on my mom's legacy, I'm going to speak my truth. I'm going to be my authentic self. Yeah. Yeah. So when, when you had that epiphany or aha moment, what is the the sense of feeling that came over you. Mm, wow. I see what I did there. I squitted away from that answer to that question. <laughs> <laughs> I call that squitting. I learned that from a fr- friend of mine named Daniel Raphael. Like you smoke a bunch of, of ink in that direction so you won't see you like, get away from the question. Um, and me explaining that is squitting again. Um, so how did I feel when I had that realization that I was... <sighs> fear, like uncertainty, like, oh God, like, you know, like almost like letting go of a sense of duty. Like, like I'm so used to carrying that heavy backpack of responsibility that putting it down feels irresponsible. Irresponsibility, fear of irresponsibility, I guess is the way to put it. 
wow. but also like mm -hmm. lightheartedness in a way. You know? mm -hmm. So the fear of irresponsibility came first and then you also at the same time or thereafter felt lighthearted. Yeah, right around the same time felt like, yeah. oh, that'd, that'd be great if that was possible. But it's not because I got to be responsible. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so when we talk about the matrix, I know you mentioned the big part of the matrix is that the money piece, right? Trying to win yeah. the game. There's also that component of the, the structures that we build around ourselves or the stories that we tell ourselves that constrict us. And that story that we tell ourselves that constrict us has everything to do with feeling that sense of quote unquote responsibility. Because mm -hmm. I truly believe that I'm here to, if I am here to express my truth, the things that feel like a, a responsibility are not my truth. So they're my untruths. The things that, so you're saying, don't shirk your responsibilities. But those things, if they're important to you, if they're a part of your value structure, then they don't feel like a responsibility. They feel like, wow, right? How would you explain that? What would that, what would that feel like? Not a responsibility, but just a, a longing, a compelling to want to do it, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I guess motivated by love instead of fear to do the thing. Mm. Yeah. You know, you're totally right. Like it's a motive. It's a fear motivation to take care of my mom. Like, cause if I don't, she'll die. And I'm scared of that. Mm. You know, like I'm, my, my biggest fear I've, I've, I've liked to believe it's not still my greatest fear, but my greatest fear still is my mother dying in that nursing home without me taking a stab at getting her out and taking care of her, like buying her a full-time nursing care or whatever, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so what must be true in order for you to be afraid of that? In order for me to be afraid of my mother dying in the nursing home without me taking care of her. Mm -hmm. um, oh, man, it's like that I don't, I don't know, like maybe that I'm not being a good enough son to her already. Like, honestly, that I'm not giving her real love enough now. Mm. And I think that, that that's going to compensate. Wow. Oh fuck! It's real. It's not a regret of me not getting there in time with the money. It's the regret. It's a fear of regret of me never being there while she was in the nursing home all along. Mm. Wow. Damn. Wow. And what do you know about your soul contract with your fuck, mom? I gotta give my mom a call. What do you know about your soul contract with your mom, Joe? That makes all of that untrue. <sighs> you know, you don't have to hold on to that fear because it's not yours. I was speechless. <laughs> so at this point in time, I actually stopped recording our session because I thought and I made the wrongful assumption that Joe wouldn't want to share the really personal, really vulnerable parts of himself with the world. But knowing Joe and actually speaking with him in hindsight, he would have loved for you guys to hear. So I did stop recording, but we did dive really deep into some of the fears, some of the things that he hasn't been or he hadn't been looking at. And we got really um, we had wonderful, wonderful breakthroughs in the session. And in hindsight, I, I do wish that I would have kept it running. But after a few of those breakthroughs, he took a couple of weeks to really integrate some of the things that he learned and to put into action some of the things that we discussed. And so about two or three weeks after the first initial conversation, we then resumed, which you guys will hear now. Hey, Joe. There you are. Hey, Jason. How are you? Oh, God, I'm good. Do you want to do a short little recap of what happened then and then where you've come so far and, you know, the different experiences that you've been having that's coming up? Oh, yeah, sure. It's going to be, I think it was about two weeks ago and it's been a potent two weeks since then. A lot, a lot packed into every moment. But, um, but yeah, what we really dug up in that conversation was, um, I feel bad I didn't ask you how you are. No, sure, that's, we do? no that's right. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> we'll catch up later in the transformation. Uh, um, but yeah, like we dug up a lot of stuff. I forget what I even said, but you, you pinpointed like that I was, uh, there, there's something else to explore in my relationship to my mom, like a lot of resentment that I still had towards her. Um, and I think what I realized is that I hadn't let myself feel that I was actually like really 
um, holding, almost holding a grudge, you know, like to my mom for not being there. Because that like grudge energy was also the same energy that I had been approaching life with. Like, you haven't been there for me, but I'm going to be there for you anyways. You know, like yeah. the feminine energy of mother nature is like the feminine energy of my mom. And I, I was like not trusting both in some weird way. So, um, yeah, really going deep into that. And I actually wrote a, I didn't make the video, but I wrote, um, a, a note, like starting out with, I hate you mom because, yeah, you know, and, and it was so relieving because it's like, that's not actually my deepest truth, but that was like a surface layer that was hanging out there. Yeah. Which like totally not, uh, not letting anything through. It was like, you have to feel me and see me before I'm going anywhere mm -hmm. is what the feeling was kind of saying. Right. Um, and so, yeah, that letter was so relieving and opened up a lot of journaling and a lot of, you know, like some poetry that I wrote and, uh, really, some really good potent stuff and, and more and more breakthroughs with, with Kelly. Cause I realized of course her being feminine energy as well. I kind of like pushed her away and, mm -hmm. um, our connection points were very short and brief, you know, like a quick peck and then I'd get back to work or something like that. Um, instead of what it could be, which would be like a, like a long embrace of like really being in the moment together. Yeah. But I realized I was scared of that cause I didn't trust not her as a person, but like the energy of trusting femininity, I guess. Mm -hmm. uh, just like such a fascinating breakthrough I didn't realize was possible, but I guess anything's possible. And uh, man, it was just so clear that something different had to happen. And that I had to, instead of realizing more of the pattern of how I've not been in flow, not been like trusting life and trusting my heart, it was time to like commit to flow. Mm -hmm. And so I like flipped, flipped the switch, I guess. And I started like, I made a commitment to myself and started what I'm calling 30 days of flow, oh, wow. which is like fucking amazing. Oh my God. I, I'm like, so excited to share this with the world, not just my breakthroughs, but like actually create a program where we can all go through 30 days that flow together. Yeah. But basically, um, I'm realizing that the shift is so simple for people who are like in achiever mode, like boom, 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 doing, and they're feeling so disconnected from their soul in the process. And they don't realize that they're disconnected from their soul, but they realize that like things are getting harder to do around them. The connection with their spouse or loved ones, or even themselves is getting more and more distant. And like, mm -hmm. um, like it just feels like they're pushing instead of riding the wave. Yes. Uh, I just realized so many people like that. Like I have been like, thank God you showed up because you like shook me out of that, you know, unknowingly, but um, I've been in that. And man, the answer for me has been so simple. It's just committing to one guy, one or two guided visualizations a day. Mm -hmm. And throughout the day, just checking into my body with like one hand on my chest and one hand on my belly. Yeah. And just breathing deeply until my body's relaxed. Mm -hmm. I realized like trying to fix my mind with my own, try to fix my mind behavior with my own conscious mind is like so impossible because the real work is in my body. Like my body is my subconscious mind. I was actually watching a Joe Dispenza video and he mentioned that and I was like, oh, that's the missing piece. Oh, it's the missing piece. <laughs> You know, it's like, oh, it's my body that's been tense and stressed and anxious. That is the reason that like, even though I have loving thoughts in my head, it doesn't stick. Yeah. So I'm like, oh my God, a guided visualization a day to start to train my body to feel good. And then throughout the day, just <sighs> relaxing my body mm -hmm. so that like the positive thinking or, you know, good thoughts or like affirmations and visualizations and all the stuff I'm doing in my head actually can get into my body where the stuff happens. Wow. Oh my God. It's been everything. I'm so excited about it. It's like, this is the breakthrough I've been trying to have with my mind forever. And <laughs> it's so simple. It's like, just like put your hand on your belly and your heart and breathe for four seconds. Maybe like any time of the day you feel like things are getting hard, do that and everything gets easy. That's so awesome. I, I totally sense not just see a difference in you right now compared to when, whenever that was two or three weeks ago. But there, yeah. like you said, you feel so much at peace, right? You're so relaxed. Yeah. Your body is just so at peace. Like you can see, yeah. you know, <laughs> <laughs> you hear it. I hear it. <laughs> sighing and relaxing and being in that space of flow. And I love that. And I yeah. love how you mentioned how like up until this point or, you know, most recently you've been just effortfully trying to make changes in your life. Instead yeah. of just trusting in the universe and yeah. mother nature and that feminine energy of just being in flow. And that's yeah. so different. And I, I, that's so crazy how like you came about to this point of trusting in feminine energy and in flow just from the exercise that you did with your mom. Oh my God. Yeah. Cause that, yeah, it's like so much, 
you bring up a really good point actually it was the whole mom thing that kicked it off because if i had if somebody had suggested hey joe why don't you do 30 days of flow i'd be like you know fuck you i'm doing it my way <laughs> you know or something <laughs> um but it's like the biggest the biggest reason we're not moving in the direction of our dreams isn't because we don't have the right tool to to move that way it's because we're stuck in so, it's like there's something inside of us that's really stuck yeah and um yeah you're right like that like I had to like pull off that lid of uh, that was on that well inside of myself in order to let myself even be open to the possibility of flow. That's such a great way to put it. You, it looks like you opened a lid. What do you suppose it might look like? The so 30 days of flow that you're doing and that you want to bring it into your work and share it with the rest of the world? Yeah, totally. Yeah, probably. I mean, um, probably like a 30, like a closed Facebook group with like 30 day container set and every day, like I'll just, I'll go live and everybody who wants to be on there with me, we'll all drive together and I'll pull people on, you know, if they want to share their experience, but really like the, 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 the setting of the container is really like everybody here is committing to moving even deeper into flow consciousness where we like really, really trust that life is happening for us and that we're like in flow and everything that we want is like our birthright as like natural divine creators able to create all of it. So like as an experiment, we're going to go through together all of the things that might be holding ourselves back and all of the fun tools that we could use to move into this beautiful expression of ourselves. Because mm -hmm. like, what else are we here to do but to create heaven on earth through having fun, you know? So, so like, the, yeah, like the, practically speaking, I guess everybody in the container would just commit to one guided visualization a day and I'll have a list of my favorites. Be welcome to pick whatever you want. Um, and then throughout the day, just practicing this, like relaxing your body, you know, just kind of like checking in and physically breathing yourself to a relax relaxation point. And then just journaling um, at the end of the day or writing a post to the group at the end of the day or doing a video to the group at the end of the day. But like some sort of like keeping yourself accountable mm -hmm. to transformation you've been having because like it's there's so much every day that i can't like I, I finished a journal and like opened up another one um with all the stuff that's been dumping through so yeah. that's a big part is definitely like documenting the process throughout because yeah i just have a feeling that everybody at the end of 30 days is going to look back and be like who the hell was i a month ago yeah <laughs> <You know? laughs> so, awesome. so so many different yeah. thoughts came up as you were talking but one of the things that i wanted to um ask you for so I've been known to journal for, for maybe the past four, three years. And I, I used to journal cool. almost religiously. But the thing cool. that I've noticed, and this has come up a lot for me since our last call, Joe, is when I journal, like I handwrite. And the thing that I've noticed more so since our last call is that when I journal, it forces me to slow down to have to like write down all the thoughts that are coming through. But when I do that, I miss like three or four uh -huh. different thoughts that have already come and gone. So I found myself in this yes. journaling where I just got so frustrated and stuck. Like I just missed like three or four different things. Maybe this thing <laughs> that Joe and I were talking about with the video journaling, like maybe it's on to something, you know? So yeah. I'm so glad you bring that up. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Oh, no, I'm glad you're doing that. Yeah. So, I, uh, the part that should, <laughs> I want to hear the rest of your thoughts. <laughs> um, so how would you recommend that I reconcile with that part of me? That's like, Oh my God, I missed like 75% of everything that just came through. Yeah. Oh my God. I so have the answer for you. When I was explaining that day, when I literally started vibrating yeah. was the day that I, that I, I, I skipped the explanation of what actually happened after I listened to my favorite song. I like was so like, like laying there feeling like I just made love to God and I um, had so much on my heart that I wanted to share. Yeah. Like that I wanted to journal and I looked, I just like pulled out a video camera. I just like started flowing. And what I flowed was just really like, like a guided meditation poetry kind of. And it was so much fun because I could go like my stream of consciousness was fast, you know? So I was just like flowing through this like guided journey of like and the birds don't blah, 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 you know? And I yeah. never could have kept up that fast with my hand, even if I had my journal next to me. Yeah. So I would totally recommend you just like getting into a totally relaxed place and taking a video of yourself if you want to. But a lot of times we can get in our head about like thinking about how we look mm -hmm. and stuff. So like just point it at nature, make a video of nature. That's like a video journal of you just speaking into your like headphone thing. And yeah, it's amazing. I actually like took the sound and like put it, synced it to meditation music and like put it on YouTube and it's on private right now, but like, oh, that's I'm release so it. awesome. <laughs> that's <Yeah>. So awesome. <laughs> so do you not handwrite when you journal anymore? I do at night. Um, I'm, cause I'm still in this place of like you, like there's a lot that I, 
that I have to deliver, but um, I also do love something about like getting it on paper too. So I kind of mm-hmm. do both at different times of the day. When I got something that's like so much to express, then I just dump it into a video. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, at the end of every day, when I'm moving slower and winding down, it's good to kind of like get the thoughts all the way out of me with a, with you know, with an actual pen. Yeah. Before you mentioned that there are teachers that came before us that we can learn from. And one of the things, and might just be my thing, but one of the things that I, I keep coming across or I have until maybe about a year ago is that a lot of people tend to name drop or they say, you know, this person said that and that person said that. Instead of actually learning from the people that came before us, whether they're teachers, ascended masters, and integrating it and making it our own and then expressing it from our own truth. So if wow, I have a friend sharing all of these wonderful, great nuggets of truth, but instead of having these truths be their own, they're saying, well, the, this great teacher said it, so it must be true. And so I'm just going to regurgitate yeah. it. And that's one of the things yeah. I come across and I'm like, oh, if I can only like, like nudge you to just really just digest it and make it your own, you wouldn't even have to use anyone else's name again. Oh, that's such a good point. Wow. You made, you made me think of a definition right now of like there's, there's spiritual teachers and then there's spiritual translators okay. of spiritual teachers, Okay, <laughs> you know, which, yeah. is, which is kind of just what helped me get clarity just five seconds ago when he said that, because you're right. It's like, and I've done that too. When I make videos, I, I, I say things, but it's, it's out of my desire to teach to make the point get across, you know, yeah. because I, I think it might be a fear or a concern or maybe even just a well-grounded logical you know point that if i just flow in my own authenticity that people won't be able to conceptualize it the way i know i need to i needed to conceptualize it in order to get to where i'm at Mm -hmm. but maybe that's cutting other people short maybe that's like not trusting their soul and their Ah. ability to listen and follow truth on their own um like basically it's comes from the place of like you can't handle my truth you know so let me just package it and like dilute it like okay, here here jesus said the same thing so you know it's true <laughs> you know yeah. um wow interesting but it, i guess that there's a nugget of giving my power away when i deliver that way to you or anybody mm-hmm. which only can teach people to give their power away like oh okay so so to be empowered i just have to quote people like <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah do you think so what, what I always find is true is that when, when things irk us, yes. it's, it's easy to say like, it's irking me because that's not right. Mm-hmm. But like, it's always because there's something in us that's just asking to be looked at. And the only like, the way that I like to say it is like, our soul can't <laughs> speak by itself. So it has to be puked out so that you can look at it. So it's like, sometimes it takes an emotional charge to do that. Um, and so our, as human spirit bodies, like we're so well crafted. Mm-hmm. You know, unfortunately, we don't have eyeballs like pointing inside of ourselves. We can just know what we're <laughs> feeling and thinking all the time. That would be really helpful. But um, since we don't have that, what we do have is the ability to just like puke out content, blurbs, comments, whatever, and then have feelings around it and then be able yes. to analyze those feelings. Be like, oh, wait a minute. That's what's going on inside, you know? So anyways, what I'm saying all this for is I wonder if mm-hmm. you feeling like that ickiness when other people just quote and don't speak their own truth it's just your soul wanting to speak your own truth yes it's totally my shit 100%. <laughs> everything that i see in other people whether it's like that ickiness or ickiness or that like oh my god that's beautiful is more of a reflection of what i need to see in myself a hundred percent i love it wow. you're, make, you're keeping me accountable let's point that finger back <laughs> so what does your truth look like what would you, how would you love to just flow oh that's a great question so A lot of the work that I've been doing till now has been the one-on-one. I teach clients, I teach mental fitness, I do workshops. Um, But the thing that has been like nagging at me, I guess pulling my heartstrings a little bit is the, it's getting beyond the, okay, so I have a license as a psychologist. So that gives me quote unquote Mm -hmm. credibility. Am I willing to step beyond that credibility for social acceptance? Because that's what it gives me, social acceptance, to say, no, right. this is actually my truth. And I'm going to share with you what it means for me to be a psycho-spiritualist. So cool. can I freely share the downloads that I receive without feeling like constricted? Like, I can't share this because... Oh, my whole body just shouted yes. Oh, my God. I love it. I love it. That is my truth right now. There are certain core values that repeat throughout all of my life, like truth and justice that I know are truly what 
vibrates deep within. And yet I know there are things that I go through in periods and chapters of my life that I, I grow. No, that is be- really, really beautifully said. I love that. Yeah. I'm, I'm always impressed by how much you've completely embodied, um, that you are completely embodying and I don't want to make you feel like your, your work is done, you know, cause that's mm. just definitely an ego illusion. We're all just in the game, playing the game and enjoying it. Mm-hmm. Um, but like being able to speak openly about like sexual abuse and like, you know, all the struggles. And, and I think that's really helpful for a lot of people to hear like, Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. She just talked about it and doesn't have any ownership over her. And, mm-hmm. and that's how I can be, you know, cause there's a lot of people that are still stuck in that story and haven't owned that story. Yeah. So yeah, kudos to you. That's beautiful. What would you say, Joe, would be next for you in terms of what you could choose to learn to balance next? Being and doing. Definitely being and doing. Okay. Not, not meaning doing at different times. Being and sometimes a day, doing it sometimes a day. That's what I do now. But holding them both in the same moment. Okay. So right now, how I'm set up is like, when I'm sitting, mm-hmm. I can be at such flow. Right now, like I am so connected to you because I'm just sitting and staring at my phone which, in which you reside right now for yeah. me. Um, um, and, and I could be so connected in that. And like sometimes I carry that when my body starts moving. But a lot of the times when my body starts moving and then I switch tasks to a different thing, I, I fall out of total connection. And then I have to like restart. And so what I'm working on is, I guess the word is embodiment you know, like embodying, um, you know, cause we talked about how like feminine energy comes like toes up and like women yeah. feel their body and, and like dance and like that kind of thing in order to like really get into their heart. Mm-hmm. Whereas for me as a man, what, how I feel is like, I just sit and be, and like, I feel God coming this way from the top of my head down through my, my pineal gland and, and like my third eye and all the way through to like my throat. So I want to make a video cause my throat chakra is activating. I want to speak my truth. And then, yeah. and then I'm in my heart like being in a very masculine season of my life for the last year or so building this digital marketing agency and getting all those valuable skills, which we talked about. Um, it suited me to just sit and zoom call after zoom call after zoom call and like, just like kind of crank out that stuff and meditate, sit and meditate and do everything from the perspective of a laptop until I go and in intentional moments, go to the gym and work out or whatever, and then come back in the laptop lap. But right now what I'm feeling like my, you know, next step of evolution is, is, is embodying all of it and being that much more comfortable dancing and being that much more comfortable, like doing yoga and like flowy things and like yeah. just doing stuff with my body that doesn't have purpose. It does. I mean, everything has purpose, but it doesn't have like a goal like physical purpose. intention, yeah. a goal. Yeah. Outcome yeah. driven. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's, that's next for me. That's what I'm working yeah, on. Embodiment. Excellent, excellent. Yeah. And just for those that are listening, just, just to clarify, because I, as a female carry more masculine energy. And that's been hard for ah. balance. Yeah. So just because you're born either a girl or a boy doesn't necessarily mean you have more masculine or, or feminine energy. Very good point. Um, yeah. But that we do need to balance both. And for you right now, it's more of the balancing, the being and the doing and embodiment. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Really good catch. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's an important piece that that was a big aha moment for me when I first heard that concept of like, oh, there's male, female, and then a separate thing is masculine, feminine. And that can, you know, they can all mix into each other in however combination they want to. That helped me have a lot of clarity when I was in super meditation, feminine mode. Mm -hmm. Um, Not like acting girly. I mean, I still had a beard and I was still like, you know, talking with a deep voice and wanting to do man shit. But um, um, I guess not that that defines a man. I just (laughs) just realized that was a lot of like... There's a lot of like conditioning in what I just said. Wow. Uh, yeah, like I still work on cars, so I'm a man. Anyways, but uh, well, I'm trying to say is I think you're right. That's a really yeah. good point. But I think that'll make a lot of people feel safe to know that there's two spectrums there. Yeah, excellent. Okay. So I guess my last question for you. So because we are multidimensional beings, so we have the mind, the body, mm-hmm. the heart, and the soul, right? And each mm-hmm. day that I, I go to lay down or I'm, you know, shutting down my computer, I, I look over this list that I have of every day, making sure I'm staying on track. I have a question for each of those areas of my, myself, those different perspectives, the mind, body, heart, and soul. And I ask myself cool. a question in each of those areas to make sure I'm staying on track. So my questions for my mind are, um, well, I can't go in that order. I'm going to go. So did I move my heart today? Which is for oh. my heart, right? Did I move someone else's heart today? Which is the soul piece for me? Did I learn something huh. new? And then the body part for me is, did I, did I laugh today? 
Oh, great. So I ask myself those four questions to make sure no matter what, I'm always plugged in and grounded to who I am and what really matters instead of getting caught up in the things that don't. So my question for you, Joe, is what would be your four questions should you want to start asking yourself every day? Mind, body, heart, and soul. And falling into those categories? Yeah. Mind, body, heart, and soul. Mm-hmm. What would be the question? Oh, wow. Interesting. This is really good. I've needed this question asked to me really bad. Um, I guess the first thing that comes to mind is um, mind. It comes to mind. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, like, did I, did I solve a problem that actually mattered Ooh, today? Okay. You know, like, mm-hmm. like for my mind. Because we can solve a zillion different problems, especially me being an engineer type that wants to do nothing but solve problems and yeah. hunt all day. Um, <laughs> um, like, did I solve a problem that actually mattered today would be what I'd love to ask my mind. Um, mind, body, did I, whew, so I'm not, I'm not as polished as you because I've never thought about this before, but it doesn't need to be. I feel like it's authentic. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I feel like the body one for me is like, did I move with relaxed energy throughout the day, mm-hmm. you know, like, cause that's for me, at least in the season I'm in, like, it's, it's about like keeping my body relaxed. And I can still do pull-ups relaxed, but, um, what's the alternative? Anxious. Okay. Like just moving with like anxiety and like needing to do and feeling compulsory, compulsory action. Yep. Okay. Um, rooted in anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, more like that. Flow. So that would be body. Yep. Okay. Yeah. 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 Flow and yeah. heart would be, did I, Oh my God, did I move, move myself and or others to a place of tears? Like to move, like the, the, being around the energy of movement to tears. Yes. You know, oh man, that's just so juicy. <sighs> okay, what is left? Soul? Yes. Did I touch the divine today? Whoa. <laughs> oh my God, I just got goosebumps. Did I touch the divine today? Can you, can you elaborate a little bit about that? What does that look like for you? Looks like this. Just mouth open awe. Mm-hmm. I guess awe would be the best word I could put into human language. Yeah. But just a feeling of wonder. Yeah. You know, where you're filled with, oh my God, I'm so grateful to be a part of all of this. This symphony of happening. Oh my God. <laughs> you know? Like yeah, I you're feeling like it. Wiggle in my chair. There is so much. <laughs> awe and wonder. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Is there any, anything else that you would like to share before we sign off? From the bottom of my heart, thank you for both of these sessions, which has uncorked me in ways that I just intend to pay forward into so many hearts. And I just really appreciate that. Thank you so much, Joe, for sharing your light and your love. Joe, where can people come and hear more of your story? Right now, viralpurposemedia.com is set up mm-hmm. to be the, the face of my digital marketing agency brand. Yeah. Um, I'm not certain if it's going to stay that website or if it's going to become joemcbean.com again like it was before. Mm-hmm. But, um, but uh, either direction I take, I'll make both of them redirect to that. So uh, either joemcbean.com or viralpurposemedia.com will take you to the website of who I'm becoming. Not sure yet how that's going to look, but it's going to be there. Um, but in the meantime, social media accounts at Joe McVean, at Joe McVean, M-C-V-E-E-N, would be where you can see whatever I'm flowing. Um, I'm, my biggest area of personal expression is definitely my YouTube channel, mm-hmm. uh, which right now is in its infancy, but I'm getting ready to like put a lot more energy and content into that. Can we plug into um, that now, or is that still private? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You could definitely look at that and everything. Yeah, I've got like 80 videos. Okay. So how do we... I've been building over time. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's also just Joe McVean on, on YouTube. Okay. Um, but that's, that's kind of, I've I really been checking in with myself. Uh, and I think this is really important for anybody who's like a, an entrepreneur um, or, or like a visionary wanting to bring something to the world. Like, like you said, we can all get so caught up in thinking about all of the different platforms and all the different ways to use all the platforms. And then once you use the platform correctly, you drive traffic. And what do you drive traffic to? And you can get lost in the how of all that mm-hmm. stuff. But the most important question, I think, for every visionary and every content creator and everybody who needs to express in order to feel deeper into their purpose, like you and me, um, is in what way do you most like to express and then build, build, a, build your presence on the platform that best expresses that type of content. Yeah. So if it's written content, written content does really well on Facebook. Um, if it's visual content, <clears throat> visual content does really well on Instagram. 
if it's really short content, get a TikTok account. You know, mm -hmm. love to just do like little blurbs, you know, because TikTok's exploding right now. But if it's like longer form content where people like really dive in and feel something, YouTube's the place. And that's what I've realized for me is like going deeper into um, delivering this transformation. It's got to be on YouTube. And uh, there's some awesome things I've been learning about YouTube to really simplify it because before YouTube scared the shit out of me. But my interview with um, Gloria, actually my friend that had a, a video get a million views on YouTube, um, helped me see very clearly that it's really about just having like a really like a clear and sort of catchy headline that, that gets people curious as well, as well as just a really well done thumbnail. Mm -hmm. Those two things put together, you can like put whatever truth you want to inside of a YouTube video. And like, obviously the content's gonna be awesome if you're coming from your heart. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's kind of the premise I'm moving from is really growing my YouTube presence um, starting when I launch my course, then YouTube's going to be the place where I just kind of like broadcast my soul and anybody interested can check the description for like the way to get the free trial of the course and all that mm -hmm. stuff. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's kind of what's what I'm going to be flowing with and I'll be, I'll be experimenting every day with whatever feels good to come through me. But then soon, not sure when this will air, but soon afterwards will be the 30 days of flow, which if you're anywhere in my ecosystem, you'll know about. Um, and, uh, and then yeah, a book coming out. When, it, when it's ready. Yeah. <laughs> it probably has a lot of, it will have a lot to do with the breakthroughs that happen in 30 days of the flow and stuff. So Excellent. when it's ready. Excellent. Thank you so much for your presence, Joe. Oh, you're so welcome, Jason. I freaking love you. <laughs> I love you too. I'll talk to you soon. <laughs> Sounds good. Take care. Bye. Hope you all enjoyed that. If you have any questions or feedback, please feel free to reach out to me at drj at yourlifeinspired.com. That's drj at yourlifeinspired.com. If you do have a minute and you enjoyed this podcast episode, please do me a favor and head over to Apple iTunes or wherever you happen to listen to your podcasts and let me know how you enjoyed this episode or how you're enjoying the podcast. I'd really appreciate that and would help others like yourself find this podcast. Thanks so much, guys, and I'll talk to you soon.